Welcome to Zikhu Dafsi Mani Mamrame Ram Goldar and Dear Mazaris Baba Kama Daf Kufya Dod. The tenth parakha goes over Machil. So the three topics we're going to focus on are when a Mishnah states Shalganab regarding unprocessed hides stolen secretly by a thief. Makshavam Matamasan, his thought renders them susceptible to Tuma. Because the owner despaired of retrieving them, the thief acquires them, and his decision to use them as kaling, meaning mats, makes them susceptible to Tuma. If a guzzlin stole them forcefully, the owner does not despair because he hopes to sue the known robber in court. Rabbi Shimon holds the opposite. He despairs regarding a robber who fearlessly robbed him, but not a thief who stole secretly. Ula said the Malchokas is only about presuming the owner's yeush, but by Yadua, where it's known he despaired, everyone agrees that yeush is affected by both a gunav and a guzzlin. Rabbi says the Malchokas applies even where his despair was known because his declared yeush is not wholehearted. Rabbah was challenged from our mission, which states that if customs collectors tantamount to robbers or bandits, tantamount to thieves, take someone's item and give him another, it is his because that owner despaired. Ul can explain the mission where his despair was known, but how can Rabbah explain Yehush being effective for both a Ganav and a Gazlan? The Gemara answers that the mission's bandit refers to an armed bandit, who is a Gazlan. Later, Rebbe is quoted as saying that one despairs both by a Ganav and a Gazlan. Point number two, in the Mishnah of Yochan ben Broca taught that women and minors may testify about the source of a swarm of bees, thereby identifying the owner. The Gemara asks that they are not valid witnesses, and Shmuel explains that the cases where the purported owner was chasing the bees, and the woman or minor was talking casually, and said, the swarm emerged from here. Ravashi said, Casual talk is only valid for testimony regarding a woman that her husband died, and she can remarry. Although it's also believed regarding a swarm of bees, that's because their ownership is only legitimate rabbinically. Similarly, an incident where someone's casual recollection of eating truma as a cotton was relied upon to consider McCohen was only for rabbinic truma. Finally, a child who casually recalled constantly watching his mother while they were captive and was relied upon to determine she was not violated was because the rabbis were lenient regarding captured women. And point number three, the next mention of states, One who recognizes his utensils and books in another's possession, and report a burglary when out in the city, the purchaser returns the item, swears how much he paid for it, and takes that amount from the claimant. Without the reported burglary, he's not believed because he may have sold it to another who sold it to this person. The Gemara wonders why the report, which the supposed victim may have disseminated himself, is relied upon. It eventually explains that the cases where guests stayed in this house, and he got up in the night shouting that his possessions were stolen. Furthermore, there was a tunnel dug under his house with the guests exiting with bundles of kaolin on their shoulders and everyone saying that the homeowner's utensils and books, which were named and identified as having belonged to him, were stolen. Rava concluded that these details are only required for a homeowner who commonly sells his killing. So once again, the three points are, number one, a Mishnah states, Shalganav, regarding unprocessed hides, secretly stolen by a thief, Makshav Matamasan, his thought, renders them susceptible to Tuma. Because the owner despaired of retrieving them, the thief acquires them, and his decision to use them as killing, meaning mats, makes them susceptible to Tuma. If a guzzlin stole them forcefully, the owner does not despair because he hopes to sue the known robber in court. Rabbi Shimon holds the opposite. He despairs regarding a robber who fearlessly robbed him, but not a thief who stole secretly. Ula said the Malchokas is only about presuming the owner's Yehush, but by Yadua, where it's known he despaired, everyone agrees that Yehush is affected by both a Ganav and a Gazlan. Rabbi says the Malchokas applies even where his despair was known, because his declared Yehush is not wholehearted. Rabbah was challenged from our mission, which states that if customs collectors tantamount to robbers or bandits, tantamount to thieves, take someone's item and give him another, it is his because that owner despaired. 
Ul can explain the mission where his despair was known, but how can Rav explain Yehush being effective for both a Ganav and a Gazlan? The Gemara answers that the Mishnah's bandit refers to an armed bandit, who is a gazlan. Wait, a Rebbe is quoted as saying that one despairs both by a gunav and a gazlan. Point number two, in the Mishnah, Rebbe Yochan ben Broca taught that women and minors may testify about the source of a swarm of bees, thereby identifying the owner. The Gemara asks that they are not valid witnesses, and Shmuel explains that the cases where the purported owner was chasing the bees, and the woman or minor was talking casually and said the swarm emerged from here. Ravashi said, Casual talk is only valid for testimony regarding a woman that her husband died and she can remarry. Although it's also believed regarding a swarm of bees, that's because their ownership is only legitimate rabbinically. Similarly, an incident where someone's casual recollection of eating truma as a cotton was relied upon to consider him a Cohen was only for rabbinic truma. Finally, a child who casually recalled constantly watching his mother while they were captive and was relied upon to determine that she was not violated was because the rabbis were lenient regarding captured women. And point number three, the next mission states, One who recognizes his utensils and books in another's possession, and report a burglary when out in the city, the purchaser returns the item, swears how much he paid for it, and takes that amount from the claimant. Without the reported burglary, he's not believed because he may have sold it to another who sold it to this person. The Gemara wonders why the report, which the supposed victim may have disseminated himself, is relied upon. It eventually explains that the cases where guests stayed in this house, and he got up in the night shouting that his possessions were stolen. Furthermore, there was a tunnel dug under his house with the guests exiting with bundles of kaolin on their shoulders and everyone saying that the homeowner's utensils and books, which were named and identified as having belonged to him, were stolen. Rava concluded that these details are only required for a homeowner who commonly sells his kaolin. All right, so now we go to Simon Daf Kuf Yadalin, and our standard Simon is a kitty amusement park. A kitty amusement park. So here goes. The boy pretending to make kiddish in the Shabbos exhibit at the kitty amusement park, standing on stolen unprocessed hides that a thief secretly stolen were now rendered susceptible to tumba through the thief's makshava, casually mentioned that a swarm of bees emerged from a certain man's field as the owner of the field was chasing after them, while his friend won a prize when he successfully answered what the halacha is when you see your kiddish cup in the possession of your former Shabbos guest. Once again, it's a motion. The boy pretending to make kiddish in the Shabbos exhibit at the Kitty Amusement Park. Kitty Amusement Park? That must be one duff. Kufya Dalid. The boy pretending to make kiddish in the Shabbos exhibit at the Kitty Amusement Park, standing on stolen unprocessed hides that a thief secretly stole, and were now rendered susceptible to tumma through the thief's makshava, which reminds us the Mishnah states, Shalgana, regarding unprocessed hides stolen secretly by a thief, makshava matamasan, his thought renders them susceptible to tumma. Because the owner despaired of retrieving them, the thief acquires them, and his decision to use them as kalim, meaning mats, makes them susceptible to tumma. If a goslin stole them forcefully, the owner does not despair because he hopes to sue the known robber in court. Rabbi Shimon holds the opposite. He despairs regarding a goslin who fearlessly robbed him, but not a thief who stole secretly. Ula said the Machokas is only about presuming the owner's Yehush, but by Yadua, where it's known he despaired, everyone agrees that Yehush is affected by both a Ganav and a Gazlan. So the boy pretending to make Kiddush in the Shabbos exhibit at the Kiddush amusement park, standing on stolen, unprocessed hides that a thief secretly stole and were now rendered susceptible to Tuma through the thief's Makshava, casually mentioned that a swarm of bees emerged from a certain man's field as the owner of the field was chasing after them, which reminds us in the Mishnah of Yochum and Brokotot that women and minors may testify about the source of a swarm of bees, thereby identifying the owner. The more as that they're not valid aiding, and Shmuel explains that the case is where the purported owner was chasing the bees, and the woman or minor were talking casually and said the swarm emerged from here.
So the boy pretending to make Kiddush in the Shabbos exhibit at the Kitty Amusement Park, standing on stolen unprocessed hides that a thief secretly stole, and were now rendered susceptible to Tuma through the thief's Makshava, casually mentioned that a swarm of bees emerged from a certain man's field, as the owner of the field was chasing after them. While his friend won a prize when he successfully answered what the halacha is when you see your Kiddush cup in the possession of your former. Shabbos guest, which reminds us, the next mission states, one who recognizes his kalim and books in another person's possession, and a report of burglary went out in the city, the purchaser returns the item, swears how much he paid for it, and takes the amount for the claimant. The Gemara explains that the cases where guests stayed in the person's house, and he got up in the night shouting that his possessions were stolen. Furthermore, there was a tunnel dug under his house, with the guests exiting with bundles of kalim on their shoulders, and everyone saying that the homeowner's utensils and books, which were named and identified as having belonged to him were stolen. So once again, the boy pretending to make Kiddush in the Shabbos exhibit at the Kitty Amusement Park, standing on stolen unprocessed hides that a thief secretly stole, and were now rendered susceptible to Tuma through the thief's Makshava, casually mentioned that a swarm of bees emerged from a certain man's field as the owner of the field was chasing after them. While his friend won a prize when he successfully answered what the halacha is when you see your Kiddush cup in the possession of your former Shabbos guest. All right, so now it's time for four blabak hazara. Dav kuf yud. So the simon dav kuf yud is a gold key ceremony. So here goes. When the elderly Kohen award the gold key, gold key, that must be on dav kuf yud. When the elderly Kohen award the gold key for many years of dedicated service, appointed another Kohen to bring his carbon, even though the meat and hides would go to the Mishmar, which reminds us, the price of the previous daf concluded, if the Kohen bringing his carbon was old or sick, he may give his carbon to any Kohen he wishes to sacrifice, even not from the Kerm Mishmar, and the reward for its service, meaning its meat and its hide, are given to the men of the Kerm Mishmar. Rapapa explains the case is where he's able to perform the avoda and eating with difficulty. Avoda done with difficulty is valid, so he may also point to another Kohen. Eating with difficulty is not valid, since it's considered Achilles Gasa, excessive eating. So the meat and hide are given to the current Mishmar. So, when the elderly Kohen awarded the gold key for many years of dedicated service, appointed another Kohen to bring his carbon, even though the meat and hides would go to the Mishmar, he saw a Gazan who came that evening to return what he stole from a Ger who died without heirs, being turned away since the Karen is called an Ashim, and an Ashim is not brought at night. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah teaches the law that if one robs a Ger and swears in denial, who dies without heirs, he pays the principal and Chomish to Kohanim. A Bryce of Darshan's Ashim Zekaren. The word Ashim in the Pasuk refers to the principal of the robber. Not a carbon. A moshev zechomish, and that is returned in the pasuk, refers to the chomish surcharge. This is the source of Rav's ruling. The robbery of a ger, which the gazim returned to the kohanim at night, well, Yatza, he did not fulfill his obligation. So when the elderly Kohen awarded the gold key for many years of dedicated service, appointed another Kohen to bring his carbon even though the meat and hides would go to the Mishmar, he saw a Gazan who came that evening to return what he stole from a Ger who died without heirs being turned away since the Karen is called an Ashim, and an Ashim is not brought at night, and told him to come back tomorrow during the day and he would happily accept it as one who receives... Matanos, which reminds us, Rava asks, Kohanim regarding Kohanim, receiving the robbed property of a ger, Yorshin Havu or Makabli Matanos Havu, are they considered like the ger's heirs or the recipients of gifts from Hashem? A Brisa lists the robbed property of a ger as one of the 24 Matnas Kohuna, gifts of Kohanim, proving that they are considered gifts. Kuf Yudalv, so the Simradav Kuf Yudalv is a kayak. So here goes. While the Gazan was busy giving an Ashram to the Kohanim in the first kayak, kayak, that must be one Kuf Yudalif. 
While the Gazim was busy giving an ashram to the Kohanim in the first kayak and money to the Kohanim in the second kayak, which reminds us, it was taught in a brisa, Nasan if the Gazim gave the ashram to the first Mishmar of Yohiriv and the money to the second Mishmar of Yedaya, Yudah says, Yaxer Kesev Eitzel Asham. The money reverts to where the Asham is, meaning is given to Yariv. The Chavim say, Yaxer Asham Eitzel Kesev. The Asham reverts to where the money is, meaning Yedaya. The Gemara explains their positions. So, while the Gazan was busy giving an Asham to the Kohanim in the first kayak, and money to the Kohanim in the second kayak, the person who ate some food the Gazan had stolen before the Yezh of the owner was paying the owner. Which reminds us, Rav Chissa said that if one robbed something and the owner did not despair of retrieving it, and another person came and ate it from the robber's possession. If he wants me to collect from this robber, and if he wants me to collect from that one who ate it, he explains that as long as the owner has not despaired, it stands in the owner's possession. Therefore, the one who ate it took it from the owner's possession and is also liable. So, while the Gazan was busy giving an Asham to the Kohanim in the first kayak, and money to the Kohanim in the second kayak, the person who ate some food the Gazan had sold before the Yezh of the owner was paying the owner. Jealous of the boy enjoying the kayak his father stole and left over for him, since Rishus Yoresh Kirishus Lokeachdami, which reminds us, the Mishnah taught that if the father left the robbed item to his children, they're not liable to pay. Rabbi Barakama said, This teaches that an heir's domain is like a purchaser's domain, meaning it constitutes a shinui rishus, a change of domain. This shinui rishus, which follows the owner's yeush, enables the heirs to acquire the item and keep it. Rabbi said, An heir's domain is not like a purchaser's domain, and the heirs do not acquire the item. The mission's case is kashal chalum, when the heirs consumed it after inheriting it, and it cannot be returned. Duff Kofiud Base, so the Simmer Duff Kofiud Base is Yankov, a winery. So here goes. The children whose father left them a boiled cow when he passed away, which died when it drank too much wine in their winery, winery, that must be one Duff Kofiud Base, Yankov. The children whose father left them a boiled cow when he passed away, which died when it drank too much wine in their winery, which reminds us, Rav said that if a father died and left his children a cow he borrowed, they may use it all the days of its loan. If it died, they're not responsible for its unavoidable mishaps since they never accept the responsibility for it. If they thought it was their father's and consumed it, they paid them a basar result, meat at a cheap rate, meaning the benefit of someone who otherwise would not consume meat. So the children whose father left them a borrowed cow when he passed away, which died when it drank too much wine in their winery, and who did not have to return the wine barrels their father stole because, according to Sumchus, miners cannot be sued in Bastin, which reminds us, if a father robbed something and he left it intact before his children when he died, the Tanakhama says they must return it whether they're adults or minors. Sumchus said Katani do not have to return it because he holds a minor cannot be sued. Embased in. So the children whose father left them a borrowed cow when he passed away, which died when it drank too much wine in their winery, and who did not have to return the wine barrels their father stole, because according to Zimchus, miners cannot be sued in Bastin. Watch one of the employees race to Bastin to prove a loan document was forged before his allotted time ran out, which reminds us, Ravid details the process where the defendant requests time to prove a document has been forged. If he doesn't come at the end of the allotted time, they wait for the following Monday, Thursday, and Monday, and then excommunicate him. 90 days are allowed to enable him to find money or sell his property, and if he still does not come, we write a seizure warrant on his property. Daf Kuf Yud Gimel, so the similar Daf Kuf Yud Gimel is a geek. So here goes. The coin collector geek. Geek. That must be one Daf Kuf Yud Gimel. Geek. 
The coin collector geek who refused to take change from the customs collector who collected without limits, which reminds us, the next mission states, importing on the table one may not take change from coins in the customs collector's box, nor from the tax collector's purse, and nor may one take charity from them because the coins were not taken legitimately and are thus stolen. The more as Shmuel said, dinner de Malchus at dinner, the law of the kingdom is considered the law, so the money should not be stolen. Shmuel answered, but Malchus Kitzba. The mission's case is a customs collector who has no limit in the amount he takes, which is not a legitimate collection, so the funds are stolen. A different answer is given. So, the coin collector geek who refused to take change from the customs collector, who collected without limits, nor from the thief known to steal from Goyim, which is prohibited, which reminds us, the one teaches that stealing from a non-Jew is prohibited. Rav Shimon Chazidah said, although stealing from a Kanani is prohibited, his lost article is permitted to keep. Rabbi Pinchas bin Yar says, this does not apply where Achilah Hashem may result. Shmuel says to Usum Muteris, money received through his mistake is permitted to keep. So the coin collector geek who refused to take change from the customs collector, who collected without limits, nor from the thief known to steal from Goyim, which is prohibited, had no problem crossing the bridge that the king's agents built to show his friend his coin collection because... Dina de Malchusa Dina, which reminds us, Shmuel taught Dina de Malchusa Dina, the law of the kingdom is considered valid law. Rabbi said, Tegda, you may know this is true because the king's agents cut down palm trees without the owner's permission and build bridges with them, and we go across the bridges. If the wood would be considered stolen, the bridges would be prohibited to use. All right, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we learn women and minors are believed when they are masichin lafitumam for rabbinical laws? That's on daf. Good number two. Which of they learn about the process when a defendant requests time to prove that a document is forged? That's on Duff. Kufiyad Bays. Good number three. Which of they learn it's prohibited to steal from Goyim? That's on Duff. Kufiyad Gemel. Good number four. Which stuff we have a question of Kohanim that receive payment for Gezel Aguer are considered Yorshin or Makaboy Matanos? That's on Duff. Good number five. Wish that when a son who stole from his father and sworn denial, and then the father died, he cannot be mochel the payment to himself. That's on Duff. Kuftas. Good number six. Wish that we see the dinner of Dina de Malchus at dinner regarding public bridges. That's on Duff. Kufiud Gimel. Good number seven. Wish that when a thief's machshava for a stolen item such as mats makes him susceptible to be makabotuma, and we discuss enough gamina of a ganav and a gazlan. That's on Duff. Good number eight. Which step we have a question of a shomer who voluntarily paid after swearing about a theft becomes entitled to the kefal? That's on Dov. Kufchas. Good number nine. Which step do we discuss what the din is when one sees his kalim or svarim in the possession of another? That's on Dov. Kufyadal. Good. Number ten. Which step we learn that if one robs someone and the owner did not despair and then someone else ate what the guzzlin stole, the owner can also collect from the second person? That's on Dov. Excellent. That comes today's year. This is everybody from Goldar from Zikhu Wishing a great day and great learning.